Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke, and this episode of the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast is sponsored and brought to you by the fine folks at Guardian Vets. Guys, Guardian Vets is a telehealth and communication service designed to make your veterinary practice thrive. I hope you're going to enjoy the episode. It is a, uh, I think it's a really good one. Love having John on. As always, if you have any questions for us at all, please feel free to email them in. The email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. And now, let's get into this bonus episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me. Stephanie Goss and the founder of Guardian Vet, John Dillon. John, welcome, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me on. Dude, I'm so glad that you're here. I, um, I've got something I want to kick around with you and sort of talk about. And one of the reasons that, uh, that I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on uh, the Uncharted podcast, I, um, I talk a lot about customer service and meeting our clients where we want. And there's a lot of research. When we survey pet owners and say, what do you want from your veterinarians? They want 24-7 access to their veterinarian. Like that, that's, that's what they want. That's what they say they want. On our side, you know, I'm very much all about life balance, uh, protecting uh, veterinary professionals from burnout. I want to go home. I don't want to be on call 24-7. I really don't want to take call, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and so how do we square those things? That, like, that's, a, that's a thing that I've wrestled with. That's a thing I talk about a lot. It's the thing that people want to know. How do we provide people with 24-7 coverage, uh, our pet owners with 24-7 coverage, and still not be available personally 24-7? And so uh, that's where that's where you came into my sphere, like onto my radar uh, a year or two ago, and, um, and why I wanted to have you on the podcast. So can you talk about just uh, what Guardian Vets does? And, and honestly, the best way is probably to start with um, – how how and why you got Guardian Vet started? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for that introduction. Uh, a few years ago, I adopted my first dog, Patrick, and love the guy. He's a super adorable boxer bloodhound, full of energy. We, you know, I was I'd take him to the park all the time to go play. And over the weekend, one time he had an issue, and I reached out to my veterinary practice as any new pet owner would instinctually your first impulse is well something's wrong with my dog i gotta reach out to my vet practice and i got a voicemail and it said sorry we're closed leave a message or go to the emergency room and when i contacted the emergency room they said you know well if you think this is an emergency you got to come on in i said well i don't know the pet doesn't talk i'm not medically trained i love this little guy but what do i do to have to come in and they said well if you think it's an emergency you have to come in and that's about all we can tell you. And around and around we went. So I ended up going in, spent a lot of money, found out it wasn't an emergency. And I was furious with the experience because I had to drive half an hour out of my way. It was at this point late at night, you know, and you know, financially, I thought it was a huge commitment to spend all those fees. And I was really disappointed with the fact that I loved the, vet, the veterinarian that I had absolutely phenomenal person and phenomenal practice. But at that critical moment of need, I felt like they weren't there for me. Yeah. And the next day, you know, went back to the owner and just said, Hey there, where were you? I needed you. I felt abandoned. And he got back to me and said, John, I understand that 
you as a client had an issue over the weekend, and I'm sorry. And a lot of my clients do, in fact. But you also have to understand that I have a family, I have a life. And it's right. unfair to expect me to be on call 24-7. So what do you want me to do? And so this is around the time when you know, my business partner, Dr. Catherine, and I started this concept of helping practices offer triage support to their clients after hours yeah. as a way to be able to bond them more closely to the practice, as a way to meet them at that critical moment of need and help the client understand, is this issue truly an emergency or not? And if not, let's get you scheduled in for an appointment the next business day to be seen, because you definitely do need to be seen, and make sure that we keep that, that business in-house. And by the way, if it is an emergency, we're going to direct you right back to the emergency room, but at least you know that your practice was there for you at that critical moment of need. And so that's yeah. how we got started, and, and that's where the, the concept of triage care was. Now, that does not sound like Patrick. That, that is sound the sound other dog. Like. That is Louie <laughs> like, right there. That's, that's the smallest <laughs> bloodhound I've ever <laughs> seen. So Patrick is the uh, the big goofy one, and Louie right here is the defender of defender of all things. So he's just making sure that you know anybody that walks well. by knows who's boss. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so when I first so when I first heard about uh, Guardian Vet, my my initial question is. When the client calls after hours, who are they? Who do they talk to? Like, who's picking up the phone? Yeah, so we have a team of DVMs and CVTs that are providing that triage support. So everybody's licensed. Everybody, um, you know, goes through a rigorous process of not only making sure that you have, you know, at least a minimum of five years general practice or ER experience, but you go through a pre-qualification test. You go through an intensive interview process. You go through a buddy training system before you're ever taking any consultations on triage. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, everything's documented, everything's recorded. So um, we want to make sure that when we are helping clients through the practice in this moment of need, that we're doing so in a way that is responsible, that is best practice, that ultimately can cater to the needs of the individual, individual practice that can respond to their particular preferences and protocols and, um, you know, that ultimately helps them and their clients. Cool. Um, when my, so, so let's have guardian that I get all, I'm all set up, everything like that. When my clients call after hours, I come mm -hmm. in the next morning. Do I get information on those types of calls? I mean, uh, do I have access to that sort of stuff? Like, like, like walk me through that, that part. Is it completely hands off? Is just a communication, um, but yeah, yeah. So tell me about that interface of I come in the next morning after my clients have used Guardian Vet. Like, what does that look like for me? Yeah. So it even before the the consultation happens with the client, the customization and the tailoring starts way before that during the onboarding stage, where we ask you, you know, where do you want to refer something out if it's an emergency? How do you want the documentation to happen? Where do you want it to be sent to? Are you on call? Do you share the on-call responsibilities with, let's say, other hospitals within your community? What do you want us to do in case of a euthanasia or a hit by car that needs overnight attention? Are you prepared to only see emergencies for current clients? Are you willing to accept new clients? Do you have certain fees that you charge after hours? We really dive into the details to make sure that we're tailoring the service based on the individual practices, desires, and needs, and so that they're upholding that standard of client care that they normally would be providing uh, during the daytime. But with regards to the communication, when the consultation is happening after hours, you know, we document everything, we record everything, and we send you both the transcript and the documentation history, 
as well as provide you a dashboard so you can see the analytics, how you're performing, who is reaching out to you, what you need to do to follow up with your client the next day, listen to the call if you need to, uh, and just have everything easily available at a glance uh, to make sure that you're taking care of your clients um, and and can follow up with them. Holy cripes. So it sounds to me like um, you guys are using a format and a, a training process that really is similar to, like for me, onboarding a new CSR in my practice we go through those same things with people who are working in the practice, right? Because they have to be able to answer those same kind of questions and know the protocols and know our processes and know when are we going to just send this straight to the ER versus when are we going to put the phone on hold and go ask, you know, one of the doctors, do, we, do can we actually handle this case right now or not? That, that sounds really similar, which I think for me as a practice manager, when I have talked to other practice managers about the idea of using a call service, um, one of the biggest concerns that people have had, um, and I know that I have been concerned with, is the idea that, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Smith, who's in our practice, you know, once a week and knows all the CSRs, knows everybody by name. When she calls up in the middle of the night because something has happened with Fluffy, she's going to expect one of those voices. And if she gets, um, you know, a call service, that it's going to feel very cold and off-putting to her. But it sounds mm-hmm. to me like you guys have developed a system and a process where you are really trying to get a feel and a flavor for each practice that you work with so that that isn't the experience. Exactly. Yeah. We took a lot of time developing the technology to allow us to be flexible like that for each individual practice. And, you know, I always like to say a practice in Manhattan is going to be very different than Oklahoma or California, mm-hmm. but even one down the street is going to yeah. want different protocols and, and that's okay. And so we have to be able to accommodate everything from the greeting, what the client first hears when you pick up the phone, to you know how you want things documented, to how you, where do you want it sent out to. And we have to create solutions that fit within the individual practice's workflows because every practice is going to be different. Uh, and to your point about this seems very similar to what we do with our team, yeah, we see ourselves as an extension of the practice. Everything that we do is putting the practice first. And with respect to the triage services that we offer, you know, the, the distinction here is going to be we're very limited in what we can say. It's just mm-hmm. truly helping the client understand is this emergent versus non-emergent, non-emergent mm-hmm. scheduled appointment, mm-hmm. emergent, let's get you out to the ER, call down, call doctor. But from that service point of view, that's really what the client's looking for. They're not mm-hmm. necessarily looking for a substitute to a visit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now that we've expanded into, you know, telemedicine as well and the digital communications within an existing BCPR between your doctor and your client, we can also use that as a leverage point of, oh, hey, if you want to talk to your doctor, they're available via telemedicine and they can monetize their time that way. So there's different ways to go about this, but from our point of view, it's just thinking about things holistically, thinking about continuity of care and thinking about solutions that drive value for the practice, whether they want to reclaim work-life balance whether they ultimately want to start monetizing their time a little bit more and better, um, you know, whether they want to start serving their clients even during off hours through services like ours. The idea is really meet your clients where they are. Good service is good business. Um, I want to unpack a little, a little bit of what you said there. Uh, there's, there's kind of um, there's two wildly different things going on in the practices here, right? So you've got your practices that are in an urban area, you know, uh, 
<clears throat> for my clinic, we've got a uh, we've got a, a good emergency clinic right down the road, and we tend to uh, refer. You know, we've decided we're we're not taking call anymore. We usually take call for a long time. Uh, we just haven't taken call anymore, and we're going to send down to the emergency clinic. Talk to me about either uh, clinics that don't have an emergency clinic nearby that they refer to, mm-hmm. uh, or, or a hybrid between being on call and just uh, not pick and not being available at all. Because you're seeing a lot of that. I, I think that there's, I think what's in between is really cool as well. And I think there's a lot of high touch practices that are looking at at that sort of model of mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to be available all the time, but in another way, I, you know, uh, there may be ways I can be involved with the clients, um, that, that, that don't involve me getting up and coming in. So can you, can you break that apart a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So there are practices that, and many, in fact, that especially in rural communities where the ER is very far away and you have to be that first point of contact for your clients to help them determine if you got to get to the emergency room and there's no other service available, uh, and this truly is an emergency, like a hit-by-car, for example, um, you're going to have to either take those yourself, which is historically what has happened many times, or use a service like ours that can help leverage your time a little bit more, give you that quality of life and and peace of mind. Um, And we'll notify you in case those are the cases so that you know and you can follow up with your client then and there or the next day if you want to, and we can make sure that they're being sent to the appropriate place. There are other practices that would say, well, we do want to be contacted, but only in cases of an emergency. And everything else, mm-hmm. we just want to make sure that you can help us schedule the appointment for the next business day. So again, we can reclaim that, that quality of life. And I don't necessarily have to answer every single little call that comes in. And as you guys mm-hmm. know, as professionals, not every call that's coming in after hours is truly an emergency. So uh, it depends on the particular practice and what their needs are, but ultimately, you know, we're just positioned here to try and help you, um, you know, and whether it's contacting you guys if you're on call or w- sending everything to the ER uh, or a hybrid of the two, it, it depends on the individual practice's needs and preferences, but that's why we offer both the continuity of care element with the triage support, um, but if you personally want to be available, that's great. We understand and, and we fully support that. I, I, one of the things I like to tell the veterinary community too is your time is your most valuable resource. You mm-hmm. guys are professionals. You guys have licenses. Mm-hmm. So let's start getting away from that mindset of giving away your time for free. And we can help you with the, the telemedicine capabilities where you can engage with your own clients within an existing BCPR virtually and see if that's, and you can make that determination if that's something that you're comfortable with and that you want to consult with your, with your mm-hmm. client. And if not, um, then we can still go ahead and help you schedule the appointment for the in, in-person uh, exam. It's up to you, but we want to offer that flexibility so you can choose what fits your business model and your clients the best. Yeah. So if we've got a, um, a non-emergent call, so um, you know, we, get a, uh, we get a call after hours and it's, uh, it's a call, it's a, a, um, I don't know uh, it's what, what seems to be allergies, you know, just sort of mm-hmm. not, not, not eye problems or anything like that, but just some sneezing and some, uh, kind of an upper respiratory type, type cough, the dog's eating, acting totally normal, things like that. And, and we decide, you know what, let's get that dog in tomorrow morning, but they don't necessarily need to go running into the clinic or to the emergency clinic based on what you've described. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
talk to me about what it, tell me about how that, how that process goes. Uh, yep. so, so yeah, so, mm -hmm. so they're not rushing into the emergency clinic. Uh, they can totally be seen tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So you say you, you sort of help with, uh, with the appointment scheduling. What does that mean? Yeah. So it depends on the level of integration that we have with the practice. So if the practice is integrated into the PIMS, then if we're integrated into their PIMS, then we can go ahead and schedule an appointment for the next business day and have that show up mm -hmm. in your PIMS, in your calendar for the next day. And if we're not, we can go ahead and send a request for an appointment. And so your team members will see that the next morning. They can follow up with the client, confirm the appointment time, and go ahead and schedule mm -hmm. it themselves. But either way, it just depends on what your level of comfort is with the integration and what you want to offer. We can go make sure that the client is being taken care of and driven back to the practice. That's super smart. I love that from a from a workflow perspective too. I think one of the things that makes me nervous, and I know when I've talked to team my team in the past about the idea of having um, you know an on call service is like okay, great, someone's going to field all those phone calls. But if we still have to come into a stack of messages from a call service then how is it really any different than the voicemail just picking up and the voicemail saying, you know, if you really have a pet emergency, please go to the ER. So I like the idea that you guys are also helping address some of that workflow perspective and that it, you know, that you can, again, it's an opportunity to really make it feel like an extension of the practice and not add more work to the plate of the CSR team who's already, you know, hitting the ground running the second they walk in the door. Yeah. And, and we also believe that there's an element here of just having that human touch and mm -hmm. having it through a licensed professional. You know, mm -hmm. we, we think that in my, again, taking this, um, let's say operator hat off and a consumer hat on, it's mm -hmm. no surprise that Dr. Google became so popular and emergent because what am I supposed to do if I'm reaching out after hours and no one's helping me? Well, of course, I'm going to try to find the solution myself and scour the internet and get misinformed and make the mm -hmm. issue potentially a lot worse. And the thing is, is that a lot of the cases that we're seeing do require a licensed professional to help you weed mm -hmm. out whether this is an emergency or not. And just that personal touch of having somebody on the line that can help you and associating that psychologically with your practice. And, you know, from a healthcare point of view, I have the trust that you guys as professionals know what you're doing and can take care of my dog and promote its health and its longevity and know how to take care of it. But I also have to have the trust that you're going to be there for me when my dog needs it and when mm -hmm. I need it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's where I think the, the human element is really important. And the fact that we have these licensed professionals, these CBTs and these DVMs is really crucial because the the nature of the conversation starts to get a little bit more pet owners are obviously going to have questions they're going to want to be able to you know see if you have um yeah what in what cases do we have to watch out for to get out to the emergency room immediately it, just that personal touch really means a lot for them and, and what we found is that um you know ultimately that again drives a lot more business back to the practice but does so in a way that helps the client feel more bonded to their practice. That's awesome. All right. So what, um, what else is new with guardian vets? Cause you guys have been doing the, the triage stuff for a while now. You've got some new telemedicine type products uh, that are coming out that you're working on. Tell me more about, about that stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So the the triage stuff we've been doing since 2017, and um, you know we've been fortunate that the concept has really caught on. We're in 41 states. We're in Canada. Um, the team's really grown, and you know driving a lot of value for the practices and the clients. I, a few years ago, we took a step back and thought as a company, what is it that, why are we doing what we're doing? Are we just an after-hour triage company or is there more to this mission? And you know, what do we stand for as a company? And what we decided on is that we want to help veterinary practices communicate better with their clients. Okay. And continuity of care is one core pillar to that, right? You have to meet your clients where they are. And right. that means sometimes after hours, and if you can't personally be available, a service like ours can definitely help. But beyond that, there's also an element of convenience. And the element of convenience is, like, we're all on our phones. You know, it's permanently attached to us. I feel like, like, so clients want to be able to communicate in a way that's mobile, in a way that's easy, that's ubiquitous. And DVMs and, and the support team also want ways to communicate with their clients that helps them monetize their time that's easy to use, that's profitable for them. So how can you do that? And that's where we started evolving this concept beyond just the continuity of care bit and allowing for telemedicine and allowing for digital communications within an existing VCPR. And so that's where we've recently launched new services that would allow you as a DVM that has an existing VCPR with your client to virtually consult with your clients and, and, and see them virtually and drive profitable activity back to your practice. And through the digital communication side, also leverage the support team to be able to just continue that engagement with your clients, drive more reminders back to them, integrate things seamlessly into your online pharmacy, for example, and provide a comprehensive yet flexible solution that meets the needs of the practices and gives them the digital infrastructure to support their physical practice. So we see all of this kind of under the umbrella of just helping improve your communications with your clients. I firmly believe if you improve the communication, patient outcomes will improve, financial return will follow. Um, but at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is just help create and put forth solutions that are put the practice first, bond you more closely to your clients, and um, give you new ways to, to engage with them. So that's that's how the new services of telemedicine and digital communications got started. And so now we're offering the after-hour triage support, that continuity of care, the telemedicine vertical as well, and then the digital communications vertical as well. So now it's, it's more of a cohesive uh, service offering. I want to, I want to get, that was, so that, that was like uh like mile high strategy speak. I, I want to get down in the weeds with you on these a bit. Okay. <laughs> So like that it. was Let's that sounded like I was like mm, Let's do it. that sounds like consultant speak to me. Yep. Let no. Okay. Let's uh, pass live. Let's get down. Okay. I'm like, oh, oh, oh that sounds very academic. I, I, yep. okay. Let's let's get down in the weeds here. Let's start with the um with the digital communication leveraging the team. Sure. Help yep. me help me imagine that in my practice. Yeah. Uh, if I don't have that up and going, right? So so, just, so so yeah, run me through what that actually looks like in my life. The what we tried to do is mimic what practices are already used to. You can call your practice right now and you're going to talk to a CSR or a nurse that's going to help you understand what's going on, triage the case, and schedule an appointment, right? It's something we're all used to. But calling is only one way of the people, one way people communicate. What about chat? Uh, what about SMS? Got it. Right? And that's how increasingly millennials and everybody that's younger wants to yeah. communicate. All the studies say that. 
So yeah, I don't why want to talk you... on my phone. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> I don't want to so, talk on my phone. <laughs> and so the thing is, is that just give them, give the practice the tools so they can communicate that way because that's how the pet owners want to increasingly engage. So give them the tools to engage with them that way. And when a call does come in, wouldn't it be nice that you can see their name and pull up their medical history and be able to personalize that interaction rather than just saying, hey, this is the name of my hospital. How can I help you? But say, hey, Roger, how's you know Patrick doing? Uh, is, is his limp getting better? How can I help you? It's just that extra level of client service and personalization, I think, goes a long way. Um, so that's the digital communications bit. And then integrating that into let's you know appointment reminders and being able to do scheduling remotely on your phone, on the web, bringing all those services together, that's the digital communications bit. Does that help yeah. answer that? Yeah, okay. yeah. And so, so go so ahead, Steph. A, I'm sorry. Oh, so I was going to say, so um, I, I love the idea of them being able to chat. We have, we have chat. Um, we use bot technology, so it's not a real mm-hmm. person. So I love the idea of being able to to customize that. Um, but I um, tell me more about like the the scheduling piece because I know for a lot of practices that again, like the idea of passing off your on call to a third party service, one of the things that scares practices about moving forward with technology, especially in regards to scheduling, is the idea that oh my God, we're going to come in and there's going to be stuff scheduled in all the wrong spaces. And, you know, who, oh, how, yeah. how are they going to know the right place to schedule all of this kind of stuff? So is it does it work more on like a request feature where they're, the client is like, hey, I want to come in and, and they say, this is what I need to come in for. And then someone follows up to actually schedule it. Or, or are you guys actually integrating with PIMS to do real-time scheduling within the schedule? Yeah, so... The short answer is that it depends on the practice and what their level of integration is because we are doing read and write access into a big number of PIMs, but not all of them just yet. And we increasingly keep on adding those PIMs so we can just go ahead and schedule indirectly. However, there are practices that say, don't touch my schedule. We have our own way of mm-hmm. doing things and we don't mm-hmm. want anybody messing with it. And in that case, we can just send a request and you can go ahead awesome. and follow up with the client. Um, I think the That's other great. thing to note is for, yeah. And I think the other thing to note too, with the scheduling for the telemedicine is this is a question that we get all the time is how, okay, this is cool. We get video, we can integrate this into payments and it goes to us and we monetize our time. Awesome. How on earth do I schedule this and how do I fit this within my busy day? Right. And, for, and we get that question all the time. And it's, okay, again, you have to understand every practice is different. There are practices that, for example, want to take one of their existing DVMs or hire a new DVM and have them dedicated to just telemedicine. And they're booking up and they're, they're setting appointment slots every 20 minutes, for example. There are those practices. There are other practices that say, okay, I just want to have an on-demand option. And I'll see the request coming in. We can put that in a queue and then just respond to people um, when we have a, a moment, when we have some free time and some downtime. So we offer that flexibility. Depending on the practice's needs, they can be available on demand if they want to be. Or they can go ahead and schedule their hours of availability and offer their appointment slots in certain blocks of time. It depends on what you want to do. So when I was talking earlier about flexibility... That. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Every practice is going to choose their own journey and choose how they want this to fit within their workflows. We just want to give them the options to make it fit within them and not try to force them within our systems, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. From my point of view, everything has to fit within the PIMS. Everything has to fit within your workflows. Everything has to fit within the way your communication protocols and, you know, your demographics. So that's why we really focus on being flexible like that. Um, well, and I, I think that that's super yeah. smart because I think a lot of practices struggle with, I mean, I'm a super technology geek. And so every practice that I've ever worked in has been, um, willing to go along with me on the ride technology wise, even if they weren't there yet. But there are a lot of practices who, um, really are afraid of, <laughs> of moving forward. And yeah. so they, they are still stuck back in <laughs> The, the 19, you know, 1999 practice that I started in where they have paper charts, they don't have the technology because they, there are so many options out there that are all or nothing. And it feels too foreign for them from what their process and their, you know, their family hometown feel um, is for their clients and they're afraid to lose that. And so I really love the idea that um, veterinarians and or teams who are like, hey, here's an option where we could really truly dip our toe in the water and not mm-hmm. necessarily jump in the deep end. And I think that that's really smart because it, it takes away that, that fear factor, which is really big for a lot of practices and rightly, you know, rightly so. Yeah. And we definitely see, you know, an uptick in interest now because of what happened with COVID-19. But I think sure. over the long term, what we're trying to focus on is, all right, we understand that, um, you know, this change can be difficult. It can be hard. I think one of the things that we also want to emphasize is, again, being that partner to the practice, you'll have a dedicated client success manager. So someone that's literally there to help onboard you, set everything up for you, make sure that we're setting up your users, that we're Mm -hmm. setting up your individual protocols, that you step-by-step understand how you can download this, how your clients can download this, how they can communicate with you, Mm -hmm. how you can upload your colors and your preferences and your hours um, and just be that point of contact to help guide you through this process. Cause it is scary. It is a new way of doing things, but what's important to note is that this is just a new way to supplement what's going on in the physical practice. We're not trying to, I don't believe that telemedicine should be, you know, a, a substitute for physical visits It's just a supplement. It's the same way that when I engage with my friends on social media, WhatsApp, Facebook, I've already seen them physically. Right? right, I've already met you guys. For example, right. like Andy, we just saw right. each other at WVC, and now we're virtually talking. But it's just a way to strengthen that relationship and, and keep that continuity of that relationship going, even if we can't always physically be together. Our right. goal is that to do that, that you're going to see more client engagement. You're going to start seeing veterinary practices move upstream to all the other stakeholders within the relationship. Let's say because I think through these digital tools, you can start focusing on preventative health a little bit more and being a little bit more mm-hmm. proactive about keeping, um, you know, those, keeping those conversations about nutrition and wellness and behavior and, and a lot of activities that veterinarians normally didn't want to talk about so much. I think this is a great opportunity to, to re-engage with the client and, and do so in a way that's personalized. So that's the digital communication right. side. And that's hopefully that makes sense how that transitions into the telemedicine side as well. Um, and that's just simply us seeing each other virtually within an existing VCPR, yeah. right? So it's mm-hmm. me and my doctor. 
So yeah, okay. So from 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 the doctor's standpoint, what does that telemedicine look like for me? So uh, so I come in, in the morning, mm-hmm. and there's been uh, an appointment scheduled for me, uh, or or uh, yeah yeah just just say uh, this person want to talk to to Andy first thing in the morning, and we set up a um, a digital consultation. Like walk walk me through the sort of the workflow on my side. What does that look like? Yeah, What's so, my experience as a doctor, I guess. Yeah, your experience as a doctor, all you have to do is download the application. It, you get a unique code that syncs you up to your hospital, so the entire experience is you know, seamless and integrated with your hospital. You set your hours of availability, so when someone books in, you get a notification of that. You're sent a push notification. You're sent an email. We're working on an integration for your Google Calendar and uh, Outlook so it can e- take it to the next level. But the point yeah. is, is that... You, you see that appointment coming up, you get a push notification to your phone when it is coming up. All you literally have to do is just hit accept and join. Uh, we're putting a hold on the client's credit card when mm-hmm. they schedule the appointment. So you're going to make sure that you're getting paid for your time. And then you just go through the telemedicine consultation, you document everything, and the documentation syncs right back up into your PIMS. Yeah. That's, how it, that's how it goes. I love the Google Calendar integration. I'm such a Google Calendar guy. I live on Google Calendar. Um, it would be yeah. fantastic for me to know. You know what I mean? Like first thing yeah. in the morning consults, it would be great to be like, oh, I've got some consults first thing tomorrow morning. I need to be in there a little bit early and get ready because I won't have that time. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I won't have that time. I'll be I'll be tied up. So I need to get there a little bit earlier. I need to get there and get ready. Uh, I, need to, I need to get my hair just on point. Uh, so that people can well and that's that's another so so two points the the google calendar one that's one that we're building out but i'm really excited about because if something doesn't exist on my calendar it doesn't exist period yeah like it's so hard to be able to schedule all these things so it has to really be on there the second thing is to your point about the video you don't always want to we allow for the video to be asynchronous in the beginning so the doctor gets to choose if they want us if they want to display themselves to the client if that makes so when Yeah, Yeah, so when the the interaction starts, you're just starting it through chat. The doctor has the ability to initiate the video and determine whether they want to show themselves or whether you just want to see the client. But the point is, yeah, you may be doing telemedicine from the with your client within an existing VCPR from the comfort of your home. You're not in your scrubs, and you may have the kids running around in the background. That's okay. That doesn't take away from the fact that you're still, you know, a doctor here. So uh, we'll give you that ability to kind of customize this experience uh, so you can do it in the way that fits you know fits your life uh so that's yeah that's how that works i i can i can hear a bunch of super introverted doctors who just let out a breath (laughs) i thought that too they spend time about the idea that they have to be on video camera and like everything has to be perfect and in their control and they all just like deeply breathe (laughs) i'm such an extrovert and a camera whore i'm like why would you not (laughs) want to display Yourself. Well, I, I think it's funny the last well, two months where you've seen, like, uh, you know, everybody's doing these Zoom meetings now. I think everybody's existing right. on, on these Zoom conference meetings. And when they first started, I was, you know, suiting up, wearing a tie and all nice. And and now it's just everybody's like, oh, you know what? It's been two months of this and I'm at home. You you get it. And so it's it's funny how that social acceptance has kind of changed a bit. Um but yeah, we give the doctors that flexibility. If you want to turn on the video, you can. You don't have to. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. That's awesome. awesome. 
So cool. So John, where can uh, people go to learn more about uh, Guardian Vet if they think it might be a good fit for their practice? Yeah, uh, just our website, guardianvets.com. Um, and I think that's, that's a great place to start. And if you have any questions, you know, we're always available um, if you'd prefer to call or shoot us an email. But I think a great place to start would just be to check out our website and, and see the different services that we offer. Cool. We'll, uh, we'll drop some links down in the podcast description so that people can find it uh, easily. John, thanks a lot for uh, taking time and being with us and walking us through everything. I really appreciate it. I love your service. I love that, uh, that it's helping veterinarians kind of have that balance of being able to go home and be home and be yeah. present and still feel like their pet owners are being taken care of because I really think that that's the pinch point for a lot of us. We want to be there for our people. We want to take care of them. Uh, and a lot of us have the problem of, of either feeling guilty when we go home or feeling uh, like we, um, so we either feel guilty because we're at home or we feel guilty because we're on call and we're talking to people about any little thing that comes up and you know what I mean? And their, um, and their pets, you know, um, uh, excessive uh, farting after they after <laughs> they after cool. they change the food, you know. And and, and and I'm really and thank you for the opportunity. I think uh, over the long term, this is this is something that obviously you know practices need, but also in the short term with COVID nineteen and what's going on with mm-hmm. team members being furloughed and um, mm-hmm. you know hours having to change. It's a great way to supplement your continuity of care. Um, and then we mm-hmm. also have other solutions that are out there if you guys want to check it out with digital communications and telemedicine for you and your clients um, in case you want to be there virtually for them. So thank you, and uh, we hope we can, be, we can be partners to the practices. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you got something out of it. I hope it made you think about what might be possible for your practice. If you have any questions at all about Guardian Vets, you can find them at GuardianVets.com. And I'll drop some more links down in the description below. Have a wonderful week. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. Talk to you later. Bye.